Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Oh, what's up, what's up, what's up? It's March 1st. It's your boy Nick. It is episode 251 of Nick's Nerd News. Welcome to the program, folks. We got a fun one. Is it fun? I don't know if it's fun. I'm assuming it's fun. We'll we'll see. Um, it is March 1st. It is March 1st. I, I am starting to see why adults always say, you know, like, the time flies. Because it's literally just whipping by. I, I can't even keep track of, of the days anymore. Um, it's, it's a wild time, though. I am excited to see where, where we go. Um, but, uh, no, we got, we got some fun topics to talk about today. There was a Pokemon Presents uh, this week. There was a Sony State of Play last Thursday. Warner Brothers had a wild um, earnings call this this past week. Um, some new TV dropped. I mean, it's it's uh, it's going to be a f- a wild ride today. That's for damn sure. You know, as always, thank you guys for listening week in week out. Uh, like I said, it's episode two hundred and fifty one. That <laughs> we're nearing our fifty year anniversary. Um, so, you know. As always, you know, like, share, subscribe the show. Um, we're on all the major platforms. Obviously, that's how you're listening to me, right? Uh, follow us on, you know, social media. Post a lot of stuff. I've been posting on TikTok now. Uh, make sure to follow my personal TikTok, though. That's the Nick DeFalco. Um, and, of course, follow the show on, on its own social media platforms. But uh, let's not waste any time on nonsense. Let's get right into the news. So, what's going on in the video game world, shall we? So, Shinji Mikami is leaving Tango Gameworks. Yes, uh, Shinji Mikami did found the studio uh, 13 years ago. Uh, He was, uh, of course, the original director of Resident Evil. uh, Ended up making The Evil Within and with it Tango Gameworks, which is owned by Bethesda. Um, It says, uh, this is an official tweet from Bethesda, quote... We can confirm that Shinji Mikami has decided to leave Tango Gameworks in the coming months. We thank him for his work as a creative leader and supportive mentor to young developers on the Evil Within franchise, Ghostwire Tokyo, and of course, Hi-Fi Rush. We wish, we wish Mikami-san in the future, well in the future and are excited by what lies ahead for the talented developers at Tango. Unquote. Um, he hasn't said anything publicly, neither has uh, they, have they given any inclination as to why he's leaving. My guess is he probably wants to go and do something else again. Who knows? Um, but the man has definitely, even if he leaves video games, the man has left a long-lasting f- legacy, of course, on the gaming industry, horror games in general, and uh, deserves heaps and heaps of praise upon him um, for all of the work he has contributed to the gaming industry as a whole. Um, I know I don't play a lot of horror games, but I do know Resident Evil changed the game. I know The Evil Within changed the game. 
And of course, Hi-Fi Rush was a sleeper hit when it was, uh, you know, shockingly announced and released on the same day a few weeks back. Um, we finally learned what the next piece of DLC will be for Forza Horizon 5. Of course, last year we got the uh, Hot Wheels, the second Hot Wheels expansion for the Forza Horizon series. And now the next one will be, so it's going to be another rally-focused. Uh, this time it is Rally Adventure, taking place in the Sonoran Mexican Desert. And uh, that will release on March 29th at the end of the month, so in about 28 days. Uh, we've also learned that EA will be expanding its DICE operation. Uh, they're apparently going to be working on a new campaign uh, for the next Battlefield game, or maybe Battlefield 2042, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Battlefield has not had a campaign since Battlefield 5 back in 2019. Uh, 2042 famously launched, I think, what, two years ago now without a campaign? And uh, it seems like every time a major shooter like this releases a game without a campaign, it fades away into obscurity. Uh, famously, Black Ops 4 did this, Battlefield 2042 did this, so we'll see if uh, this works out for either Battlefield 2042 or whatever the next Battlefield game will be. Also, we did get a Sony State of Play on Thursday, so the day after we recorded, of course, last week. We learned quite a bit of new things. Uh, Zangief and Kami have been confirmed for Street Fighter VI. Kami's getting a new look, as well as uh, they showed off a new character, Lily, that will be joining the game when it launches later this year. Baldur's Gate 3 was announced for PC and PS5 for an August 31st release. A lot of people thought it wasn't going to be coming to Xbox, but the studio clarified later. Uh, just it, due to some technical reasons, it will not be making that date for Xbox, but will come at a later date. So if you don't have a PS5 or a PC, Baldur's Gate 3 will be playable on Xbox eventually. It's not an exclusivity deal. Uh, we also learned that the Resident Evil 4 remake, which we got to see more of, yes, they're remaking Resident Evil 4 as well, uh, we'll see the return of Mercenaries mode. Uh, we got new trailers for Destiny 2 Lightfall, which did launch yesterday. Uh, hopefully, I haven't played any of it, but I have some friends will, so I'll, I'll see what I can get, if I can get any information out of them in terms of, of how that's going. We got the announcement of five new PSVR 2 games. And then a trailer for the new Naruto x Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm game. Um, but the biggest news, of course, was everything related to Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. So, we got a new trailer, a new dev update. It will be a live service game, unfortunately. Uh, it will require a constant online connection, which is strange, even for single player. Uh, it will have single-player and multiplayer modes. It will have a battle pass that is for cosmetics only. There are, like, cosmetic sets for weapons and things like that. So it looks like every character can get the same weapons, but they'll all have their own, like, special weapon and things like that. And we got more of the story. It looks like Wonder Woman is not under the spell of... Um, of Brainiac, but again, we'll, we're not sure. It takes place five years after Arkham Knight, and I. Uh, it's it's interesting how 
it it sucks that it's a live service game. That's all that's all I'm really gonna say. Um, but there's a 15 minute segment that they showed off. So it's an open world action shooter, um, and it looks and reminds me a lot of Sunset Overdrive. And and I'm not the only one to say that. Um, of course, you play as Deadshot, Harley Quinn, King Shark, or Captain Boomerang, and you will have to take on the Justice League. And like I said, it, it is uh, it is set in the Arkhamverse, so it makes sense for you know Rocksteady to make another game in the Arkhamverse. And let me see. So different upgradable weapons, like I said, but they all have their own thing. So Captain Boomerang actually has a Speed Force gauntlet. Uh, Harley has like a drone. Um, Deadshot has a a uh, a. Uh, jetpack and then king shark i guess is just because he's technically a god um he's really fast it does come out may 26th uh of course been delayed multiple times and and uh, we do know that this will be the final time of uh of, of uh, uh why can't i talk kevin conroy as the voice of of batman but suicide squad to kill the justice league all that's online. Sucks that it's a live service game. Um, I'm happy that it's cosmetic only for the battle pass. And we'll, we'll see, though, ultimately how it plays out. I'm not as excited for the game as I, I was originally because of, of this, this live service focus. And, I mean, obviously they're starting to die, but I saw a good point. Like, someone's like, well, obviously a lot of these games, because game development takes so long, these games were all started when live service was banging, right? And as it dies off, these games still have to come out. So you can't really change them too much. But, oh man, oh man, oh man. Hopefully it's fun and still engaging and what we expect from Rocksteady. I, I'm hoping it, it will be. Um, we also learned that the Call of Duty this year will be a full-fledged Call of Duty release after being rumored to just be like a small, like not a small expansion, but an expansion and not a technically a full release. Uh, however, it will be, it, it is being made by Sledgehammer, surprisingly. Uh, it will have an assist from, uh, Infinity Ward will be helping them, but it will be built off the Modern Warfare 2 engine and it will actually continue the story of Modern Warfare 2. I don't think it's going to be Modern Warfare 3, but it sounds like maybe it's like Modern Warfare 2.5 or, or something like that. And um, it will be a, a fully standalone, well not standalone, but a full Call of Duty experience, a uh, full premium experience. It's not going to be just a small little one-off thing, which makes me excited actually. Um, in the strangest news ever, Warner Brothers had a, the wildest and I'm talking wildest earnings call of all time this week. Um, we're going to get to the major news of that later. I kind of teased it on the, on the TikTok if you saw it. But <laughs> one of the things they announced, and it sucks that Ed Boon didn't get to announce it, Mortal Kombat 12 is happening and it's releasing this year. Other than that, we don't have any further details. I, I Don't get me wrong. I fully expected Mortal Kombat 12 to be releasing sometime within the next two years in general before this announcement. Obviously, it's been a while since Mortal Kombat 11, and uh, I don't think we're getting an Injustice 3, but it, it sucks that Ed Boon didn't get to announce it, but 
it's still strange that it was on an earnings call of all places. And how about this? Uh, in that same earnings call, we learned that Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy has sold over 12 million units. It launched just over two weeks ago, and <laughs> the, the company lost $2 billion. Interesting. Anyway, Hogwarts Legacy has sold $850 million globally, uh, 1.28 million peak concurrent viewers on Twitch, which was a, a record for single-player games, and sold 12 million copies in a two-week span, which is a pretty high feat. I'm having fun with the game. I almost can't put it down sometimes. But I, I had this interesting conversation with a friend uh, yesterday, and it's it's weird that you have the unforgivable curses, but like you're not punished for using them. And your merkin goblins and like dark wizards left and right being able to explore like the the areas around Hogwarts, and it's like I'm pretty sure like any normal kid going to Hogwarts would not be allowed to do. A fraction of the things you can do in this game. Obviously, it is set 100 years ago, so maybe things were different. But at the same time, it, it there's no morality system in the game, so it, it makes sense that there's no. Um, it makes sense that there's there's no like repercussions. I guess you could say yes. There's times where you can be like a dick in how you respond to people, but I, I don't think it. I don't think there's any real repercussions or if the, it changes the story or outcome, to be honest. But it, it, I think it would have been a lot better. It, don't get me wrong. It's already a, a good game. I think it would have been even better if it had those uh, options. What about this? Hey, what about... Why am I saying what about this? Like I'm talking, having a conversation with someone. But we have learned the Xbox Games with Gold and PS Plus games... Uh, for the month of March. Over on Xbox, we have Lamentum, True Bear Brook, and Sudden Strike 4 Complete, which is an R a World War II RTS. On PS Plus, we have Battlefield 2042, Code Vein, and Minecraft Dungeons, of all things. Um, that game's pretty new, and they're giving away for free on PlayStation, of all things. But yes, those are all available starting today. Uh, we've also learned Nintendo will be skipping E3 this year. No surprise. Uh, not like they really go. They always just put out a direct. Uh, but they will not be in attendance at E3. Following, I think, Sony said they weren't going to be there. And Xbox is technically not there. E3's dead again. It's, it's, I'm calling it. E3's dead again. <laughs> um, on Monday... We had a Pokemon Presents, and a couple things were announced. Pokemon Concierge, a new stop-motion show coming to Netflix. Uh, Pokemon TCG Classic, which is like the fifth reprint of the original Pokemon cards. Um, we're also going to get uh, uh, a Kadabra card for the first time in like forever. Um, so... The TCG Classic will be released later this year. It's a foldable. It will include a foldable game board, a toolbox for st storing counters, three decks starring Venusaur, Charizard, and Blastoise, and three deck boxes. The product description says that, uh, with the exception of basic energy cards, 
Cards that come in the set cannot be used in regulation tournament. Um, it is a set product, so it's like a board game, essentially, is the way it's being sold. Um, the decks, it won't, it will have some never-before-seen cards. Ooh, a Ho-Oh EX and Lugia EX cards. Ooh, do, 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 do. maybe I'm going to have to buy this. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, also, Pokemon Sleep was finally given a release of this year. It's a play-while-you-sleep Pokemon game. I don't really know. Um, but we did get, finally got news about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's DLC launching later this year. Um, they are called the Teal Mask, which will release this fall. Uh, and then the uh, Indigo Disc, which will release this winter. Um, with that was also announced, we got, and here's my, my biggest issue. So a lot of new, Poke a, a couple new Pokemon were announced um, with, with the DLC. But we also learned that we are finally going to be getting the new Paradox Pokemon um, that were teased in the game. Uh, so if you played Scarlet and Violet, there's a there's a Scarlet book or a Violet book, and it kind of teases the Paradox Pokemon, which are the, the future Pokemon or the past Pokemon. The Scarlet book, which is from Scarlet, which teases past Pokemon, featured a uh, what I would call an amalgamation of the legendary beasts, which are Raikou, Entei, and Suicune. The Scarlet or the Violet book featured an amalgamation of the the um, the swords of justice uh which are the um like the deer looking pokemon from unova so that's uh terrakian um Verizian, and um i forget the third one but like they're they're an amalgamation of them so it's like the three of them blended together right so essentially they they released the two new ones today or uh, on on that day they're only in raid battles, which, again, you have to have online to get them, which is a little shitty, in my opinion. But they are... Uh, <laughs> this this is my, my issue with them. They don't look anything like what was teased. Especially so that they're being called... Uh, let me get the exact names. They're being called Walking Wake, which is the Paradox version of Suicune only. It's a water dragon type Pokemon. And then Iron Leaves is a Grass Psychic, and it's Verizian only. So what this tells me is that this is pretty much guaranteeing that we're getting versions of all of them. Because why would you, essentially, why, why would you tease an amalgamation and then release them this way? And honestly, walking the Verizian, the Iron Leaves, fine. It's the Walking Wake that is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It 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 is it is bad. Uh, it it is it is not good. Um, like I don't know what the hell they were thinking with this thing. Um, and and it actually benefits from using Sunny Day and has like a uh, a new move. Oh, Cobalion was the third one. But I am fully convinced now that we are going to get versions of all three in both games because 
that's the only explanation for what was teased versus what we've gotten so far. Because it doesn't look anything like it. And all the other images, they kind of looked like it. Um, the other image that was teased was essentially what the third legendary would be. That's what we're getting in the second DLC, uh, the Indigo Disc. Uh, the new Pokemon is called Terrapagos, and it's a turtle-looking Pokemon. Um, we are getting another legendary, though, in the Teal Mask, and that one is called Ogre Pond, which is taking place in a completely different region outside of Paldea. So a lot of people are speculating it's either a new region or a teasing Gen 10, maybe. I don't know. But they also announced three other Pokemon that you could almost mistake for starters. They're called Monkey Kidori, Oki Doggy, and Fizan, Fizandipiti. I'm butchering those. But I, they don't look like Pokemon. Like, it's weird. Um, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't like the new legendaries. I don't like what they did with walking wake. And it's like, whoever's doing the de designing at the Pokemon company is, is failing. The fake mon artists out there are doing better. Um, I, I am, uh, I am horrified at walking wake. I, I think it's disgusting. I, like, what were they thinking? Um, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong is what it is. It's terrible looking. I hate it. I really fucking hate it. I really do. And I don't even like the Swords of Justice, and I almost want to get, like, get through Violet now so just so I can get it, because I... The other disappointing news, though, is that Pokemon Home connectivity with Scarlet and Violet still doesn't have an official release date. We are nearing four months since release and still don't have Pokemon Home connectivity, which should have been there from day one, if you ask me. But Or at least a month in. I, I just... I don't know, man. It's fucking stupid, though. Anyway, Shigeru Miyamoto was... Uh, where was he? He was being interviewed by NPR, of all people. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, of course, the creator of Mario and Zelda and things like this, was uh, he's been at Nintendo for more than 45 years. And um, they asked him what, what he thinks about Nintendo without him. And he said, quote, obviously through an interpreter, quote, you know, I really feel it's not going to change. It's probably going to be the same. There's, you know, people on the executive team, creators with the company, and also people who create Mario. They all have this sense of what it means to be Nintendo. There's always the fact that it's a new idea, but also the fact that it is a new idea that really has the essence of Nintendo or not. And I think that's something that, you know, we have this incredible shared vision, almost a little scary scared vision about this. So I think there won't, there, it's not going to change, unquote. Look. I don't know how much day-to-day -day Miyamoto has, really, at Nintendo. I don't... It, he's right. It's not going to change, because it, it, I don't think he does as much as people think he does at Nintendo anymore. And it's funny for him to get candid like that. But uh, Ubisoft, always in motion, the future is with them. Beyond Good and Evil, announced several years ago, looks like the director the studio director is out 
the of the studio making Beyond Good and Evil 2. I don't think this game's ever coming out. It's it's turning into vaporware. Uh, Ubisoft Montpellier is uh, <laughs> this is via Kotaku, and uh, Montpellier staff were informed that the managing director is no longer with Ubisoft. Guillaume Carmona um, essentially hasn't been around since the beginning of the year. Uh, no reason has been given, and he was with the company for nearly two, 20 years. But, oh, interesting. Sources have told Kutaku that Ubisoft Montpellier is facing investigation from local government authorities into labor uh, issues. Um, because of high turnout, high burnout, and a lot of people going on sick leave. Um, Kotaku, Ubisoft told, told Kotaku that, quote, the Montpellier development team is undergoing well-being assessments through a third party for preventative measures to evaluate where additional support may be needed, unquote. Um, also in the report, creative director Jean-Marc Geoffroy and director Benjamin Dumas have also been replaced in their roles. Um, so they're still struggling to nail down a fun and achievable creative vision for, Bre oh God, that game's never coming out. That game's never coming out. It's vaporware. hundred percent. It's vaporware at this point. <laughs> Everything they've shown off is just, it's Fugazi. It's, it's in the wind. It's not, it's not real. It's not real. <laughs> Almost a year after release, we have now learned that Elden Ring will be getting DLC. Uh, being called Shadow of the Erd Tree. I don't know if it has a release date uh, or what it will entail, but it is DLC for Elden Ring. Um, it's in development. Oh, so there's no official release, um, but it, it's coming. Interesting. Um, oh, it already had its one-year release. It sold 20 million copies. Look at that. Look at Elden Ring. Um, we've also learned that IO Interactive, the, the people behind Hitman, have uh, started making a new online RPG that they're making. Uh, Atlas Fallen, the, the game from Deck 13, where, like, this game I was really interested in, showed their characters, like, gliding on sand and stuff, is releasing May 16th, earlier than I think a lot of people expected. Um... Don't expect Final Fantasy 16 to be on PC anytime soon, as we've learned. Uh, we've also learned that it's taking a different approach to uh, difficulty. So, let me find it. It was, it was interesting. So, it's going to have a full action combat system. And, let me see. So they're not giving a difficulty options. So it's not going to have easy, hard, medium, things like that. And uh, Square Enix has announced that a new item-based system uh, will allow players to tailor their game. Um, the combat director, Ryoto Suzuki, said, quote, When making this system, the one thing that I didn't want to do was create a system where it was just auto-battle, that you'd get to, do, to the battle and you'd put the controller down, it would fight for you, and then you'd pick the controller back up and play again because then that splits the experience for different types of players. And also, the player that chooses auto battle doesn't feel like they're part of the battle and not participating in the battle. And we didn't want to do that. So that's when we had the idea for the accessories, unquote. Wait, who, there's auto battle? Anyway, 
Uh, these accessories will be featured as such. The Ring of Timely Focus, which will allow temporary you to temporarily slow time before enemy attacks connect, providing more time to react and dodge. The Ring of Timely Assistance, which allows you to automatically issue commands to your pet dog. The Ring of Timely Strikes, which allows you to execute combo attacks with just a press of one button. The Ring of Timely Evasion, which allows you to auto-dodge. And the Ring of Timely Healing, which automatically uses potions. Ooh, I would like that. Uh, he also went on to say, quote, We wanted this game to be kind of a gateway for players that aren't good at action games to get them into the genre and showing them that action games can be fun, you can be good at it, and it can feel good. Unquote. I, I don't know, man. I've only really played one Final Fantasy. I... I can't even. I haven't even finished the seven remake yet. Um, I don't think I'm going to be getting sixteen. Um, uh, a leak from Meta. They had a meeting. We've learned that the Quest Three, which is expected to launch this year, will be a little ex more expensive than the Quest Two was when it launched, but will have AR integration and AR VR meshed experiences. I don't care for this. Um, if I want a VR, I want fully VR. I and if I want AR, I want full AR. I don't want both. Um, that's that's they're they're supposed to be different and separate, and that's what I want because I'm simple. No, I I, I get it. That's that's kind of where the world's going, right, with that technology. But they they've kind of established themselves as like the premier VR without a PC. So I don't know if, if AR integration is, is the way to go necessarily. And it they already threw people off by raising the price after being out for several years, which is not something most people do. Um, I guess maybe they're getting people to be set up and ready for the idea that the Quest 3 would be more expensive. So I guess that makes sense. Um, we'll see though. We'll see how it all works out later this year. And the final bit of gaming news I wanted to go into was, uh, so Forspoken, which was the game developed by the Square Enix, uh, uh the Square Enix adjacent studio, um, and hold on, I'm getting the name of the studio here. They made Forspoken, which came out. Uh, just a few weeks ago, the same day as uh, Hi-Fi Rush, or same time as Hi-Fi Rush. And we've now learned that uh, the studio behind it is, is, uh, is being closed. So imagine releasing a game and it's so bad that your studio is closed. <laughs> um, that's, that's bad. So, Luminous Productions will be essentially absorbed back into Square Enix. So, they're, they're not necessarily losing their jobs or being closed. They're just being absorbed back into their, their parent company. Um, and they're just going to be working on AAA games with Square. Uh, it, it, they announced on Twitter, quote, Beginning on May 1st, our talented team will join Square Enix to deliver new innovative gaming experiences to players across the globe. Between now and then... We remain entirely focused on Forspoken. We are currently working on the previously announced patch to address overall game performance. We will deliver an update soon. And the DLC, 
Intanta We Trust, is on track for release this summer. Thank you again for your patience and support. Unquote. I have not heard a single positive thing about this game. The Honest trailers came out for it on yesterday, on Tuesday. Hilarious. Hilarious. I, like I said, I haven't heard a single positive thing about this game since it came out. Um, but that is it for gaming. Let's, uh, let's head on over to TV land, shall we? So, it looks like HBO will be moving forward with their IT prequel series on HBO Max. And Andy Muschietti, hot off finishing The Flash, will be returning to the series that made him somewhat of a household name. Uh, to direct the prequel series. Of course, Andy Muschietti directed both It and It Part 2. Uh, he will be involved uh, creatively with the prequel show. So it looks like it will be taking place in his version of Derry, Maine. Did you guys watch uh, Did you guys watch Hawkeye and really, really love Rogers the Musical? That was then teased in like every... You know, I can do this all day. There's my, uh, there's my uh, Broadway rendition for you. So, <laughs> Rogers the Musical is going to be coming to Disneyland this year. A adaptation of the stage play, which is an adaptation in itself of the in-universe events of the Battle of New York, will will be coming to. Disney's California Adventure. Jesus Christ, man. Can you do this all day? Really? So we'll be playing at the Hyperion Theater, which is the theater right next to um, Marvel's Avengers Campus. I think that's what it's called. Um, right now it's unoccupied. It, it did have like the live-action Aladdin show and things like that. So it makes sense that uh, they would put it in that theater. No official release date yet, but it will be a one-act musical, they're calling it. Uh, of Rogers the Musical, which if you'd like to get a preview, like I said, you can watch Hawkeye and uh, save the city because they they can do this all day. I'm not going to sing anymore, I promise. Um, we've also learned some new things about the new Pokemon anime, and while Ash and Pikachu won't be in the show, a version of Pikachu will be in it, with the uh, Captain Pikachu being announced as a new character in the new anime. If you're uh, excited for that. Yes, Captain Pikachu. Not, not Ash's Pikachu, but Captain Pikachu. Obviously, the mascot of Pokemon. You couldn't have a new an Pokemon anime and not feature the, the technically mascot of Pokemon, right? Makes sense. Uh... HBO and the creators of Succession have announced that the show will end with its fourth season. The fourth season is expected to premiere later this month, and it looks like the whatever, however many episodes will be the final episodes. This is upsetting to me. I really enjoy the show. Succession is one of my favorite shows that's uh, come out in the last few years. And yes, it does get a little tired or tiresome because it's, it's kind of been the same story play out over the three years, and it, it seems though like they finally broke that cycle with with how season three ended. So I'm excited to see where the Roy family goes in season four. 
I just really hope that they wrote a, a good, strong, proper ending. That That's my biggest fear, right? Because a lot of shows don't always end on the greatest note. But it's good that they're ending on their own terms, though, right? Because a lot of shows don't always get to do that. And sometimes, like I said, the endings don't always come out the way that they, they should. So it sounds like they're ending on their own terms, which I hope means translates into them giving it a proper ending, which is the only thing I can hope for at this point. Uh, we've also learned that the night manager will be getting a second season with with Tom Hiddleston returning. That man never stops working. It's been a while since the first season. That was a show uh, that made me think that Tom Hiddleston could take over as, as, as uh, uh, James Bond. So it's been six years since the first season um and and we're now learning it was on amc we are now learning that a second season is in development it is based on a book um hugh laurie was in it as well uh, but we don't know who will be in the second season other than tom hiddleston at this point but the night manager is getting a second season um so the Mandalorian came out today, and they they kind of name drop Cara Dune, which is the character played by Gina Carano, and uh, obviously she left the show after posting some interesting things on Twitter that don't really jive with what the truth was. Um, and Dave Filoni and Rick Famuyiwa have opened up about her character. Uh, Famuyiwa is directing. Episodes 1, 7, and 8 of Season 3. And uh, he said, quote, Kara was a big part and continues as a character to be a part of the world. It had to be addressed in the creative, and Favreau took the time to think about that. It was something that we discussed as we knew it was going to have an impact on the show, but at the same time, what has been at the heart of the show are the two characters, Din Djarin and Grogu. So ultimately, it felt like servicing of that around the Mandalorians, unquote. Um... Filoni said, quote, now season three is mainly dealing with Mandalorians and Mandalorian saga, the Mandalorian tale. There are different characters he's met since Bo-Katan who take a lot more prominence, which makes sense where his arc is going, the story of him and Grogu specifically, unquote. So essentially it's just, yes, she's not written out of the show. Technically she is because of Gina Carano, but the characters there are just not around. So... Um, Amazon Studios said they are not worried about the Rings of Power and its future, given the news that came out of the Warner Brothers uh, earnings call, which I mentioned earlier with Mortal Kombat 12. Uh, they also made another big announcement that I'm, I'm not going to talk about yet, but if I'm talking about the Rings of Power, I think you can insinuate what, what that means. Um, so... Amazon Studios' head is, isn't afraid of the challenges ahead for the Rings of Power. Um, the Dune prequel show, which was going to be about the sisters, what, what was it? Um, the Sisterhood, uh, has lost its now director and star. So, via deadline, Shirley Henderson, who was going to play Tula Harkonnen, 
and Johan Renk, who is going to direct the first two episodes, have left the show as it goes under creative changes. That's what they're calling it. Quote, as Dune the Sisterhood has entered a pre-scheduled hiatus, there are some creative changes being made to the production in an effort to create the best series possible and stay true to the source material. Johan Renk has completed his work on the series and a new director will be brought on. Through, mer- through mutual agreement, Johan is moving on to pursue other projects. Additionally, Shirley Henderson will be exiting the series and will no longer be playing Tula Harkonnen, unquote. And that is from an HBO Max spokesperson in a statement. So, the show was announced in 2019. And now that we've lost them, the co-showrunner John Spates exited the show in 2021, who was then replaced by Diane Ademu Jean, who then stepped down in November, and then Allison Sh- Shapker uh, is the only showrunner now in place. Uh, Denny Villeneuve was set to direct a few episodes, but left uh, after it was announced. But he's still executive producing, and obviously he's focusing on the Dune films. And um, also, according to Deadline. Rank was too much of an auteur, and HBO Max didn't like that, and was taking too much of a departure from the Vill- the, the Villeneuve film f- movies, um, and uh, it was set ten thousand years before the event of the movie, which is like now technically, right? Isn't it? I don't know. Um, anyway, the or no, it's. That movie sent like 20... I don't know. Um, Dune Part 2 is still scheduled for November of this year. So, we've also learned Stranger Things will be getting a stage play later this year in the West End in London. Um, And that is it for TV news. I do want to talk about The Mandalorian and Picard Season 3. So, we'll start with Picard Season 3. Episode 2 was last week. Ooh, things ramped up big time. We finally get to see Amanda Plummer in her new villainous role as, um, oh crap, what's her name? Anyway, we get to see more of her ship, the Shrike, um, and boy, oh boy, do tensions rise, rise, rise in, on the Titan. Um, obviously Picard and, uh, uh, Riker and who we now know as Jack Crusher are, oh, Vatic is her name. Anyway, Jack Crusher on the ship, they try to rescue Beverly, Vatic and her ship, the Shrike, literally throw a ship at the Titan. Like her, her ship is so powerful, it can use a, a, uh, tractor beam to throw a ship at another ship, which is something we've never seen in Star Trek, and it's amazing. Um, oh God, is it amazing? We also learn that uh, Crusher is essentially Picard's son. With um, it is it is he, Jack Crusher is Picard's son with Beverly. Yep, that that you heard me right. Picard has a son with Beverly Crusher, which is something that I think everybody thought was going to happen. Um, I, I, whoo, that's a lot to take in, though. Um, 
Am I excited to see where the rest of the show goes? 1,000%. We also got the return of Worf. Worf is back in all his glory. He came in whipping a sword around, beheaded a Ferengi, which again was sick to see a Ferengi again, which we haven't seen in quite a while. So, if you're not watching Star Trek Picard, you should be. But let's talk about why you're all here, and that's for The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian has returned for Season 3, and it is great. It is a short episode, but it's great. And we've learned that Grogu actually spent about two years with Luke in between Seasons 2 and 3. Um, this was an interview Dave, uh, Dave, not Dave Filoni, uh, John Favreau gave. So between when Luke gets... Grogu at the end of season two, and when Grogu shows up on Tatooine at the end of the Book of Boba Fett was about two years, we've learned. And this show, the episode opens with the Mandos fighting this turtle beast in a lake, and then Mando shows up and blasts it to hell, which is great, because he's trying to get back in with his clan, because, you know, the episode's called uh, The Apostate which is what Mando is, because he took off his helmet, so his his cult, uh, the Death Watch, essentially have disowned him. Um, then we go back to Navarro, where Grief Karga is still a badass, even though Navarro has been like built up and he's been made like a chief magistrate, and there's a lot more people and commerce and money going around, and it's a, I like what they've done with it and how they explain that. It, it makes sense now that there's been a time jump. Um, there's also an epic, epic space fight scene with pirates up in space above Navarro. And the pirates, King, and his ship is really fucking cool. It almost looks like, uh, like, Star Wars explained it like, oh, it looks like the Eclipse Star Destroyer. And I get that vibe, but it, it does, it, it looks like something we've never seen in Star Wars, but it fits in Star Wars. And that's what I love. But Mando went there to try and get IG-11 back, which... Doesn't make sense because he blew up. But we see the return of the same aliens that Babu Frick was in The Rise of Skywalker. They're fucking hilarious, as they always have been. But a great scene is Grogu, like, picks one up to try and carry because they're smaller than him. And it makes it so great. I loved that scene. But the tensions are definitely going to be rising. Because Mando's intention is go is to go to Mandalore. And he is going to go to the city that we know from the Clone Wars and Rebels and um, oh, what's Sundabi City. Um, he goes to get with Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan's lost all her forces because she doesn't have the Darksaber. So tensions are going to be high with her. And the Mando, tensions are going to be high with the Mando and his clan, all in an effort to get to Mandalore, which I fully expect us to be at, if not at the beginning of Episode 2, at least by the end of Episode 2, I fully expect us to be in or near Mandalore. Like, it, it is fully expected from me at this point. I am very excited to see where this season goes. I Am I happy Grogu's back? I don't know. They obviously did that to get all the people they created as Star Wars fans with Grogu to begin with. Um, 
But season three is off to a great start. Sucks that it was a short episode, but I am very excited to see. Actually, you know what? He's probably going to go back to Tatooine to see Pelimoto because I did see her in one of the trailers. So I'm sure he'll go back to Tatooine first before he gets to Mandalore because that was the whole point of him trying to get IG-11 back because he still thinks... There's rumors that the planet is poisoned or not. We did see in flashbacks that it was literally obliterated by the Empire and the surface was turned to glass, essentially, because um, they dropped nukes, so it's green glass. So if you, if you know anything about like nuclear blasts, it will actually create like a green glass after a blast. Um, so it might be radioactive, but, but who knows? I don't know how nukes work in Star Wars because it's not really something they normally use. But that is it for TV. Let's go, uh, let's go down to Hollywood, shall we? So Cocaine Bear came out this past weekend. And it wowed audiences enough to win the weekend. I don't wait. I don't know if it won the weekend, but it made twenty-three million dollars at the box office, which is wild to hear. Cocaine Bear, of all movies, made twenty-three million dollars at the box office this week. Um, I think it blew any projection out of the water. I want to know what it cost to make this movie, because that was great um that was that's cool i mean what um what was the weekend who won ant-man the wasp won um it's still pulling in a lot of money um pulled in 93 million dollars still that's crazy I think it's, uh, what, what is it made so far? It's made $367 million worldwide. Obviously not the money that other Marvel movies make, but it, it's, still, it's still doing well. It had a, um, it didn't have a big drop from its first week into its second weekend, so that's good. Uh, it's been doing pretty, pretty well, actually. But no, Cocaine Bear won the weekend with uh 20 or almost got second place with 23 million dollars some jesus movie got uh third place avatar still in the top five still in the top five for the weekends it is pulling in money avatar is like the third highest grossing film of all time which is which is nuts nuts that it 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 it's it's done that um hold on where's uh anyway anyway cocaine bear cost about 30 to 35 million to make it's already made 32 million it will not be a bust and that makes me happy um we've also learned that glass onion will be getting a director's commentary option from ryan johnson if you want to listen to that um Steven Yun, who currently stars as Mark on Invincible, um, will be joining the MCU in the Thunderbolts in an undisclosed role. Uh, Guillermo del Toro has announced his next film will be another stop action, stop motion movie for Netflix. No surprise there. Um, Tom Cruise said he was brought to tears during the Val Kilmer scene for Top Gun Maverick. Um, so far as saying, let me see what, 
nope, that's not the wrong thing. Anyway, I don't know. It made him very emotional. Um, he said on Jimmy Kimmel, quote, I just want to say that was pretty emotional. I've known Val for decades, and for him to come back and play that character, he's such a powerful actor that he instantly became that character again. I mean, you're looking at Iceman. I was crying. I got emotional. He's such a brilliant actor, and I love his work, unquote. Look at them being friends, being dudes. How sweet. Um, we've also learned that Disney's longest-serving animator has, has sadly passed away. Bernie Mattinson, who was set to receive Disney's first-ever 70th Anniversary Service Award, Man's been with the company for seven, was almost with the company for 70 years. Um, it, it, uh, after an illness, he passed away at a nursing home. He was still working full time at Disney. He was a story consult consultant as well as a mentor. Uh, he was 87 years old, so he'd been there since he was 17. And, uh, some things, let's, let's put some credits into perspective for you. Um, he was a director for Mickey's Christmas Carol, Carol, a producer and co-director for The Great Mouse Detective. He was an artist on Lady and the Tramp, 101 Dalmatians, The Sword and the Stone, The Jungle Book, The Rescuers, Big Hero 6, Strange World, and more. He was on the story team for Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Tarzan, and Mulan. And he was the story supervisor for Winnie the Pooh, as well as the 2007 Goofy Short. Um, wow, that's wild. That is wild that he's worked there that long and, uh, was a great, and worked on, sounds like some great Disney movies. That, that man is definitely going to be missed big time, big, big time. Uh, we've learned that the Super Mario Brothers movie will move up two days to April 5th, so it's releasing two days early. Uh, the director of Shazam and Shazam Fury of the Gods uh, have has opened up. So David Sandberg says that, uh, yeah, a lot of people are worried about the DC shakeup and everything. And he said, quote, he definitely won't if people don't go see the, or sorry. Um, Sandberg said, quote, possibility for more Shazam is there. But he definitely won't. If people don't go see the movie, uh, what I've been told is that there's nothing in the Shazam films that contradict the future plans for the DC. So the possibility for more Shazam is there. And if that's what you want, your best bet is to go see the film, unquote. Um, everything is always down to box office returns. That is always, always a big thing. Um, so projections have it kind of low, which is... Um, a lower than the opening of the first mil film, but we'll see what happens with it. The, the trailers have been kind of low. Obviously, there's a lot of shakeup with DC, but it sounds like if it doesn't contradict the DCU, doesn't mean that uh, Zachary Levi is out, per se. Um, I got one more story to talk about before we talk about our final story. Um, and that is Chris Pine was being interviewed by Variety, uh, Esquire, sorry. And, uh, it, it was essentially in, in regards to Star Trek four, or I don't want to call it Star Trek four because there's a Star Trek four, but 
um, whatever the fourth in the Kelvin timeline would be. Um, he said, quote, I don't know anything. In Star Trek land, the actors are usually the last people to find out anything. I know costume designers that have read scripts before actors. I would say it's frustrating. Um, it doesn't really foster the greatest sense of partnership, but it's how it's always been. I love the character, but... Uh, I love the people... Sorry, I love the character, I love the people, I love the franchise, but to try and change the system in which things are created, I just can't do it. I don't have the energy. Um, I'm not sure Star Trek was ever built to do that kind of business. I've always thought, why aren't we just appealing to this really rabid fan group and making the movie for a good price and going on our merry way, instead of trying to compete with the Marvels of the world, unquote. Uh, then he followed up with... Um, Oh, sorry. He said, after the last one came out and didn't do the one billion that everybody wanted it to do, and then Anton passed away, I don't know. It just seemed, feels like it's cursed, unquote. That, that was his statement. I agree with him. I really enjoy Star Trek, right? Star Trek does not necessarily, does, doesn't need to, to keep up with those, right? Because obviously you want to make money, always back down to money. But you could make a Star Trek film with a mid-range budget, I think, and still make gangbusters, right? It doesn't need to compete with Star Wars. It doesn't need to compete with Marvel. It, it, it only did in the very beginning, and then it went and did its own thing and still made money. Um, Star Trek, I think, still benefits from TV format, as we, we see, but I think the part of the backlash against those Chris Pine movies was that it Yes, it technically was a reboot, but also didn't necessarily... It did get to kind of do its own thing, but still branched off from the Prime Universe and the Prime Timeline. And it, it can work as long as they don't rehash stories that we know. That's what I liked so much about the first one, and that's what I liked so much about Star Trek Beyond, because it did something that was different and had no connection to the, the, old, the original series. There are parts of Dar Star Trek Into Darkness that are cool, but they tarnish the legacy of Wrath of Khan. And don't get me wrong, Benedict Cumberbatch is a great actor, but to have him come and play Khan after what Ricardo Montalban did in Wrath of Khan in the original series, like you can't do that. And J.J. failed in those instances. There's cool ideas, and making Star Trek more militant, though, or uh, uh, Starfleet more militant, Again, it's it's they 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 were trying to compete too much with Marvel and with Star Wars, and it's you lose the essence of what Star Trek is when you do that. And people could argue that Discovery and Strange New Worlds and Picard are like that, but they're not. Those shows are still closer to Star Trek than what the three Kelvin universe movies are. And I like I said, I agree with Chris Pine. It's like make the movie for the fans. There's enough Star Trek fans out there that you can make a mid-range budget movie, it would still look amazing, and still make money. And and to not bring them back is, is a travesty. Because I do like the Kelvin timeline. I don't like it as much as the Prime Universe, but I like where they were going and what they were doing. Um, just don't reboot the next generation yet. Um, <laughs> but that that goes into our, our final story of the day and our, our final... Uh, movie news of the day as well and 
it goes back to that Warner Brothers earnings call that we learned about Mortal Kombat 12 in. But we've now also learned that more Lord of the Rings movies are on the way. Um, Warner Brothers and New Line have worked out a new multi-year deal with with the Embracer Group, which owns the rights to the Lord of the Rings. Um, And uh, CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, David Zaslav, said it includes, quote, multiple films based on the Middle Earth, world of Middle Earth. Um, Zaslav said um, they want to focus on their franchises, which, again, I don't know why we are getting another Lord of the Rings franchise movies. Um, I, it, they've said that uh, Peter Jackson is in the loop. They want Peter Jackson to return as the director's I, I just I don't know how much more we can mine out of out of Middle Earth, and if what will happen. Right? Look look at what happened with the Hobbit movies. Right? We had greatness in the Lord of the Rings with the Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King, and then you had the Hobbit, which blew up a a small book into three movies. I like the Hobbit movies. They're not great in terms of like canon and sticking true to the story, and they're a little overblown and probably could have just been two movies at most but it and they were very cgi heavy when the the other other films were not so it's 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 interesting for sure is warner brothers making the right move i i don't know i really don't know because they they've been making really weird decisions as of late um do i want more lord of the rings movies yeah, but what I want to know what they're going to be about first. It's like what how how do you make more at this point? You've told the main stories. Do you then do you tell stories that that aren't what Rings of Power are doing because you don't want to like confuse people? Do you do um I honestly don't know what they would do. Like I don't want an Aragorn movie. I don't want a Gandalf movie. It, it's do you do the Silmarillion? Do you pull from that? Do you do tales from like Numenor or things like that? It, it, I don't know, and I don't know if I want more Lord of the Rings movies. I don't want more Harry Potter movies unless they continue the the Fantastic Beasts storyline. Like I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's it's very interesting for sure. And I still think David Zaslav needs to go. I think Warner Brothers needs to take a step back and really look at what they're doing. Uh, I think while Marvel is continuing to be a juggernaut, I really think there's going to be a big pushback against franchises in the next few years. Because people want more new things. I get it. It's all return on investment. It's all about money and making money back. But if people aren't going to be going back to the theaters, especially with AMC's bullshit... You, you you can't be putting out franchise pictures, which I know are guaranteed money, but will they be forever? And that's that's the thing. It's like, go back to be making new IPs and new things. I don't know if that will ever happen again, to be honest. But that is it for Nixner News this week, guys. I uh, thank you guys for listening week in, week out. That is episode 251 in the books. Um but yeah, we had uh, we had a lot of fun. Hey, as always, you know, don't forget to check out nixnernews.com where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser. 
or if you prefer, there's links to all the major podcasting services so you guys can listen to us on the go. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify. We're on them all. And we're there for you guys to be able to listen. Uh, also, while you're at the website, don't forget to check out our social media tab where you can see feeds from our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, always posting fun memes or different fun things. So while you're there also, uh, it's not there, but check out, of course, my personal TikTok where I will be posting updates on the show every week. Uh, that way you guys can get a little bit more of a feel for me um, because I don't post a whole lot on Instagram. I don't post a whole lot of TikTok either. Uh, but that way you guys will always have an update for the show and what's coming. It gives you a preview of uh, what's coming up. So it will be fun. And uh, you get my little short reactions to things in the first round of, of inter interacting with that news. Um, but with that being said, I will catch you guys on the flip side. <laughs>